Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards, and you are participating in Impact Cyber Church. You know something? We are reaching people all over the world, and we are changing the way the world sees God. And I just want to tell you something. If you're watching this broadcast for the first time, I, I want to tell you right up front, I have a goal. I have an agenda, and my agenda is to present God to you in a biblical scriptural light that shows you how incredibly good He is, how much He loves you, and what He has provided for you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know what? My goal is this. My goal is that you fall in love with God. And when you fall in love with God and find out how much He loves you, you're able to love and accept yourself, and then you will be able to love and accept other people. You know what? That's the number one testimony we get from all over the world. The number one testimony is, I fell in love with God. And for many people, it's I fell in love with God again. And the second most popular testimony that we get or most frequent testimony we get is I started loving the people around me. You know something? That's what Jesus said. The highest goal of all of this is anyhow, to so love God with all the heart, all the soul, or you know, all of our mind, love our neighbor as ourselves. So loving God, loving people, and being able to love ourselves. Now, I'm talking about a healthy love. I'm not talking about anything selfish. So I just want you, I want you to know that's my agenda. That's why it's not just a hook phrase for us to say that we are changing the way the world sees God. Because the real truth is, the way God is presented, I'm telling you, this negative harsh, mean stuff is not what the Bible teaches. And unfortunately, many people think it is. That's the way they want to see God. That's the way they were taught to see God. That's the way religion made, made them see God. And you can't fall in love with a God that you're afraid of, that you're afraid is going to hurt you, that you're afraid he's going to do mean things to you. And you can't really come to grips with yourself and accept yourself and, and have value for yourself, which is what love is. It's having value. Self-worth is a form of, of healthy self-love or self-value. You can't value yourself if you think your creator has absolutely no value for you. So I just want you to know something. That's my goal. That's my agenda. And I also want you to know, if you're listening to this broadcast for the first time or you're new at this, I want you to know that we have a group of people called World Changers. And our World Changers give to this ministry to make it possible for us to take the gospel to you and not have to charge you for it. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful to our World Changers who are getting this message out all over the world. And I'm telling you something, we are raising up millions, and we hope to raise up a billion disciples to the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. And we're working at it diligently. If you want to know more about that, just go to my website, impactministries.com, check it out. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going, to, you're going to like what you see. You're going to enjoy what we're doing. You're going to enjoy why we're doing what we're doing. And you're going to enjoy the benefit that this brings to your life. Listen, I'm starting a new series this month. And I'm going to do something this month that I only do just every few years, and that is I'm going to be teaching this month um, something that relates 
to heart physics. You know, heart physics is a program that I developed to, to help people connect with God in their heart instead of just connecting with God in their brain. You know, we, we, we have a great mental connection to God, but honestly, particularly people here in the West, we, we're not much about really understanding how to live out of, our, out of our heart, how to connect with God, you know, from our heart, how to how to give and receive love with God or even with people. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's an amazing thing. So we have this program called Heart Physics that teaches people to connect heart to heart to God. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, the word for heart is a really interesting word because the Hebrew letters uh, for the word heart, there are two letters in there that both have to do uh, with the heart. And, and in Hebrew, when a word has two letters uh, that, that have to do with the heart, it's talking about making a heart-to-heart -heart connection with God. And you see, that's the only kind of connection God wants with us. God has never wanted a legalistic, ritualistic, religious connection with us. He has wanted it to be a heart-to-heart, -heart, Him loving us, us loving Him, being open and sharing, and Him being able to influence Him and, and, and our lives and give us wisdom and lead us down the path of life and us be able to trust Him and enjoy this journey. And, and it's supposed to be a relationship a heart-to-heart -heart relationship. So from time to time, I like to share some of the things from heart physics. And uh, I can't go too deep into it, uh, into the heart physics part of it because there are exercises that you do because in heart physics, we move you from gathering information to experiencing truth and, and experiencing the truth in personal connection with God. So we're going to be talking about something today, and, we, and actually we just had a heart physics weekend by this same title called The Stress Antidote. Now I want you to realize something. There are all kinds of statistics out there about stress, and it's, it's just according to who you ask, but one, you know, some sources say that uh, 90 to 95% of all sicknesses are in some way related to stress. I'm not saying stress caused them. I'm not saying stress is the only factor. Uh, you, you know, in, in a lot of countries, uh, uh, the sickness is just because of poor hygiene. As a matter of fact, the greatest breakthroughs in health that we've had in America uh, in, in centuries has been, has been uh, hygiene. Hygiene has to do more with the improved health rate in the United States uh, than anything else. Uh, uh, more really, according to some medical research, more than even you know, the development of, of modern medication. So, so I'm not saying stress is the only factor, but I'm telling you, stress is a factor. It alters how your brain works. It alters how your body works. It alters everything about you. And there is only one true antidote for stress, and that is the peace of God. Now, I want you to notice, and today I'm talking to you about what I call not just any peace. Because we know that there is a false peace. We know that you can have false hope that will cause your emotions to calm down. It will cause your, your, your fear level to go down. But when, it, when that hope is not based on reality, 
then you're going to have a disappointment and you're going to have a shock when everything falls apart. And, and that you're going to discover that the peace that you had was a false peace. And we've all had false peace where we got our hopes up, where we believed a lie, where, you know, whatever. And we know, interestingly, you know, one of the, one of the greatest signs of the end time is when the, a man of false peace arises, and the Bible calls him the Antichrist, and he's going to offer a peace to the world because, see, turmoil is growing in the world. And people who don't know how to have the peace of God, they're going to be looking for somebody to give them answers. They're going to be looking for somebody to, to bring them to a state of peace where they can have a tranquil state of mind, where they can get out of this incredible fear that they're in. Well, I want to tell you something. I don't want to be somebody that's looking out here to the circumstances trying to find peace in my heart. I don't want to be somebody that's so desperate and so shook up that I can be deceived by false promises and by lies. You know, one of the reasons so many people are easily deceived, uh, one reason is this desperation. When you are desperate, you want to believe something good. You want to believe the answers that people give you. And the truth is, if you weren't desperate, you, you would never believe them. If you were looking at this from a safe place and somebody else was doing it and believing some of the things that we believe, we would immediately know they're being deceived. This is not real. But I tell you, desperation puts you in a place where you want to believe it. You want to hear some, some good news. Of course, there's another thing that, that causes people to be deceived, and that is their own greed or their own lust. We get to wanting something because of the benefit that we think it's going to bring us. So we close our eyes to reality. We see what we need to see. We hear what we need to hear. Well, I want to tell you something. God is a God of peace. Now, that, that's an amazing thing. And you see, one of the things that causes the world to be deceived and one of the things that causes the world to not enjoy the peace of God is because, number one, most of the world, most of the Christian world doesn't see God as a God of peace. They see him as the God who's always trying to hurt them, who's always doing something unpredictable. The God who can't be, his ways can't be known. You can't understand what he's going to do. And, and, and you know he's always going to do something bad to you to try to teach you something. At least that's what religion tells you. I want to tell you something. You can't reconcile the religious view of God with the biblical view of God that he is a God of peace. And until you see him as the God of peace, then, then the real truth is you can never truly experience the peace of God. Uh, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You know, when you begin looking at all the concepts of, uh, and all the times that peace is mentioned in the Bible, you start realizing, man, it uh, seems like most of the Christian world doesn't have a, as high of a premium on peace as God does. It seems like, uh, honestly, most of us are more interested in taking our stand and doing what's right for God than we are in having peace. And, and so... Unfortunately, that makes us hostile, makes us misrepresent God, but, but we think that we're, that we're doing the right thing by fighting against all the, you know, all the sin in the world or, or whatever. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In other words, He came and showed us how to have peace with God. He not only showed us how to have peace with God, He created the opportunity that if we would accept it, we could accept and experience the, the peace of God.
Now the amazing thing is this. You know, I hear people talk about the new covenant all the time. Well, I, you know, I, I wrote a book, golly, 20, 25 years ago called The Gospel of Peace. And, and it's amazing. I hear people talking about the covenant, the covenant, the covenant, the covenant. And honestly, the way they describe the covenant, first and foremost, they don't realize that God himself called it the covenant of peace. The new covenant is the covenant of peace. It is a covenant that God made with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He didn't make it with you. You know, people are always like about, you know, I'm in covenant with God. I'm in covenant with God. Well, you are through the Lord Jesus Christ, but you do not have your own personal covenant with God. Now, if you had your own personal covenant with God, I got news for you. It wouldn't be much of a covenant of peace because if you have a personal covenant with God, then you have to uphold your end of the agreement in order for the covenant to stay intact. And if you're, if you're part of the agreement is that you've got to do everything right, that you can't fail at any point. Well, I got news for you. There is no peace in that because you know you're going to fail. And when you do fail, you got to lie, you got to justify, you got to blame yourself. And you know, that's part of the reason, and I hate to say it, that's part of the reason so, so many Christians struggle with self-righteousness and, and finger pointing is because, is because they don't understand that we are in a covenant of peace. And the reason we can have peace in this covenant is because Jesus himself solidified the covenant by living a righteous life without sin and conquering sin and death and being raised from the dead and believing the truth all the way to receiving the inheritance. And through him, the inheritance is absolutely sure. We don't have to wonder about it. So the covenant is called a covenant of peace. Well, interestingly, the gospel, as I just mentioned, is called the gospel of peace. The message that should make the world or will make the world fall in love with God if they believe in it is the fact that God has made peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who wants to enter into this peace can believe on what Jesus has done for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And they are on the pathway to peace. Man, that, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, I can remember the time in my life when really uh, peace was not that important to me. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't start out this way on my journey with God, but I, I was influenced to believe, like I said earlier, that the most important thing was to, you had to take your stand. And, and you know, when you've always got to take your stand, and you know, it wasn't that I was that judgmental or critical of everybody else, you know, any more, you know, any more than anybody struggles with. And it wasn't like I was, you know, pointing out people's faults, but I would take my stand. And at the end of the day, taking my stand usually did not consummate in bringing peace to a situation. It usually brought more conflict to a situation. Man, I can remember the day when I realized that I was, I was really not, I was violating the wisdom of God. I wasn't following the teachings of neither the Old Testament the teachings of Jesus, nor the teachings of the epistles. Because, you know, Paul tells us as much as it lies within us to seek peace with all men. And I can remember when I had to admit, you know what, that is really not a very high priority for me. And, you know, something I had to deal with it, I had to work it through. But I'm going I'm to share some things with you that I have spent the, the last 
30 plus years walking out, discovering, growing in and understanding from the scripture uh, about how to live in peace, showing you God's incredible passion to have peace with you and for you to have a unique kind of peace, not a peace that the world goes. Matter of fact, Jesus said, uh, he says, listen, I'm offering you peace, but not peace like the world gives. I used to read that scripture and I had absolutely no concept of what that meant. And when I come back in just a minute, I'm going to talk to you about that. And uh, I think it's going to open your eyes for you. So let me just talk to you just a minute about helping me change the way the world sees God. You know, we don't do a lot of big things for promotions for finances, but um, we're like any ministry, it takes finances for us to operate. But here, here's the most important thing to us. We have a project called Project One Billion. And in Project One Billion, we have a plan and we have been working this plan diligently for some time now to start 3,000 third world Bible schools. And all over the world, we are starting Bible schools and they are training leaders who are established in this message of grace, peace, faith, righteousness, the unconditional love of God. And, and they are teaching people how to walk with God and how to relate to God from their heart. So we're truly raising up disciples. And you know, that's what the Bible told us to do. The great failure of the church has been, uh, we decided we would make converts, but not disciples. And unfortunately, the part of the church world that does try to make disciples, they don't make disciples to Jesus. They make disciples to their church or to their denomination or to, or to their group. And so through this, this broadcast, through books, through CDs, through all kinds of teaching materials that go out of here on a regular basis, through the starting of these Bible schools, through conferences, through developing pastors and leaders, through our school of ministry, through all of these avenues, we are working to raise up one billion disciples. And I would like to encourage you to consider joining with us. We are in the process right now of raising $475,000, particularly toward this project. And I need your help because I'm going to tell you something, the world ain't waiting. People are dying every day without Jesus and the world's getting darker and darker and religion is getting a stronger and stronger hold around the world. So if you'd like to become a world changer with us, go to my website, www.impactministries.com and, uh, and, and check out the World Changer page or call us at 256-536-9402 uh, and talk to someone here. And we would love to have you on our team. And you know something? you will play an incredibly important role. And we're not going to give you a bunch of hype. We're not going to tell you, you know, we're not going to tell you that giving to us is going to, is, is going to make God finally keep his promises to you. We're just going to say that giving to us is going to be just exactly what it's supposed to be. We're going to take those resources and we're going to change the way the world sees God. We're going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So you know something? Join up with us and change the way the world sees God with us. All right. I want to just jump right back into this. So in the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter four, we have this famous scripture. Nearly everybody can quote this scripture, but I don't know that we really get the context of it. It says this, Philippians chapter four, verse six, Paul is writing. He says, be anxious for nothing. So 
really we should not be in a state of anxiety. We shouldn't be in a state of fear. We shouldn't be in a state of panic. But in all things that we should give thanks and, and supplication, let our requests be made known to God. And then he goes on to say that the peace of God uh, that passes understanding will keep our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Now, I want, to, I want to just dive into something here that is so incredibly important. And this is just introductory level to the peace of God. Again, we are not talking about a peace that the world gives. We are, we are not just saying that God wants you to come to a place to have a tranquil state of mind. You know, you could do that and as, as a Buddhist, you could do that uh, in, almost, in almost any religion. There's some religions that are built on violence and, and that sort of thing, but, but many religions give you ways to, to just reach a state of peace. But the problem is that state of peace isn't abiding because it has no foundation. It has no root in God, nor does it have any root in the covenant that God made through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is a covenant of peace. If I want to participate in the peace of God, then one of the things that's absolutely essential is that I enter into this covenant and understand the provisions of this covenant that I have with Jesus. By the way, let me mention this before I forget it. If, if you're enjoying these messages, be sure and just take a minute and like this uh, message on, on the little icon that you have below. And when you like one of these messages, I'll tell you something, that this means more people all over the world are gonna, are gonna get an opportunity to hear this. And so you get to participate in taking this message out just by liking this if you're watching it on YouTube. If you're not watching it on YouTube, be sure and go to YouTube and, and like it from there or subscribe. Uh, to our channel from there because, again, that helps people all over the world have the opportunity to hear and to see this. Now, the world, even most of the Christian world, doesn't know that there's a covenant of peace. And our concept of peace, the religious concept of peace, is laboring hard enough and long enough and strong enough and making enough sacrifices so that God does not get angry with me. And one of the things that we don't realize is that in and of itself absolutely violates the covenant of peace and violates the peace that God is offering us. You know, uh, the book of Leviticus, which not many people read or study, and when people do read or study it, they do it from really attaching negative connotations to almost everything that, everything that it says. Uh, you know, it's amazing how we take something that was so good, that was, that was so filled with promise and turn it into something incredibly negative because, see, we still don't look at God the way Jesus represented him. We don't go back and read the Old Testament and say, okay, let me read this and understand this in light of what Jesus taught. We fail to understand that for hundreds of years, uh, the Hebrews became more and more legalistic, more and more ritualistic, more and more fear-based. God was never fear-based. God never wanted people to, to do what they did because they were afraid that He would hurt them or bring pain into their life. Many people say, well, what about these scriptures that talk about the fear of God? Well, I'll tell you something. In, in the original language, and if you were talking to a Hebrew, he would understand that the fear of God, the reverence, the awe of, of this almighty God 
and the respect that you had for him and the love that this inspired in you that more than anything else, your greatest fear was breaking the heart of God. You're, 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 it was because of the relationship that you had with him. It wasn't because you were afraid that he was going to hurt you. Now, the, the theme of the book of Leviticus is be holy because God is holy. Now, man, we, we, we read these concepts of holiness and we think about, oh, man, got to be perfect, got to be flawless. And again, we interpret this stuff with a legalistic mindset that puts us in stress and we can't come into this, into this state of peace, into this peace of God. Well, you see, all of the sacrifices that the children of Israel made, the other religions of the world made pretty much the same sacrifices. And... You know, we had our priests, they had their priests. We had our holy places, they had their holy places. We had animal sacrifices, they had animal sacrifices. But what was the difference? See, if you want to understand what holiness is, one of the best ways to start that is to understand the opposite of holiness. See, the opposite of holy is common. God was uncommon. Being holy means you're uncommon. You are not like everybody else. God was a God unlike all of the other gods that the pagans worshiped. Because you see, they brought all of their sacrifices to pacify the wrath of their angry gods. They brought all of their sacrifices to, to uh, uh, try to appease an angry God in order to avoid his wrath. All of God's sacrifices were given so that a God of love who desired to relate to his people could make a way that their sins and their trespasses could be dealt with and that they would not have to suffer those consequences. In other words, it was God initiating and expressing his desire to be in fellowship with him. I'll tell you, when a Hebrew brought a sacrifice, he knew that, that he went with thanksgiving. He, he, if he was in faith, he went with thanksgiving and appreciation because he knew I should be the one dying, not this sacrifice. I should be the one paying the price for this sacrifice. God is a holy God. He's unlike all the other gods. He wants this relationship with me. Because if I'm in relationship with him, then all of my needs are being met because I am abiding in this covenant. See, God always is, God is always seeking peace with us because in that state of peace, we can trust him. In that state of peace, we can be honest with him. We can deal with our issues. In that state of peace, we can get all of our other needs met so that our relationship with Him, our relationship with our family is not filled with stress and fear and lack and this sort of thing. You see, the peace of God, and we're gonna, we're gonna go into this and we're gonna build on this every week. The peace of God is different from the peace that the world gives. The peace that the world gives is just whatever you have to do to get to a tranquil state of mind. Well, you know what? That's why a lot of people drink. That's why a lot of people do drugs. That's why a lot of people do a lot of addictive things is because that's as close to tranquility that, as they ever get is when they're, when they're doing those particular things. But you see, the peace that God gives is a peace that comes. It's a tranquil state of mind that comes by knowing all of your needs are met, all of your desires are can be fulfilled, that God is not seeking to hurt you, that God is at peace with you through the Lord Jesus Christ. You have nothing to fear. So it's a tranquil state of mind that comes from the absolute confidence that knowing all of your needs are met 
and that you are at peace with your creator. We're going to dive into this. We're going to talk about what this looks like. We're going to talk about how you make this journey in real life. So I'm going to tell you something. Be sure, stick with me through all five weeks of this broadcast because you're, you're going to want to connect to this. And if you want to get the series, I want to tell you something. This stress antidote is going to be one of the most powerful series that you ever heard. It's going to go into hours of teachings that I can't cover in this series. So be sure and check it out. It's a life changer. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.